Dr. Kristen Oja here, entrepreneur and functional medicine expert. Welcome to Little By Podcast, where our goal is to empower you to achieve optimal health, one step and one episode at a time. Taking a functional medicine approach will cover a variety of health and wellness topics, from how to optimize performance to how to balance your hormones and everything in between. This podcast is for educational purposes only, so please be sure to consult your healthcare provider before incorporating any changes into your daily routine. Now grab your headphones and let's go for a walk as we take steps towards becoming your best self. Today's podcast is the first one I've done with a patient. I am super excited. I have Christy Stout on here today. She has been one of my lifelong patients. I believe we've worked together for about seven to eight years, and she's an entrepreneurial. She's so full of energy. She is such a go-getter. She really understands functional medicine. She understands figuring out the root cause. She gets the importance of consistency and planning and strategizing when it comes to your health and finding somebody that really listens to you and will partner with you on your health and wellness journey. This is such an awesome episode as we get to hear kind of firsthand what it's like as a patient in functional medicine. She's super inspiring. So if you just need to talk with somebody or listen uh, to somebody that has been on a health and wellness journey, kind of tweaked their plan throughout the the years, this is a podcast you don't want to miss. So be sure to listen in and reach out to Christy Stout if you have any questions for her. She's got some new and exciting businesses coming as well. Christy, I am so excited to have you on the Little Buy podcast. I am so excited to be here. So we have known each other now for, what, eight years, would you say? Um, close to it. Very close to it. And I wanted to kind of start just because I think Christy is one of the most dynamic people uh, that I've ever met. So I wanted to kind of hear a little bit about just your your entrepreneurial journey before we get into your functional medicine journey. So tell us a little bit about the businesses you've had in the past and kind of what you're up to these days. Absolutely. So I am an entrepreneur at heart. I opened my first business at 26. Um, I was a hair salon. So I have been a licensed cosmetologist for 25 years now. It's hard to say that, 25 years. So my very first business was a hair salon, and it was very successful. And I ran that more of a sole proprietorship. And then as I got more experience and learned more about business, um, I ventured into opening larger salons with employees. Um, My husband and I also own a couple of gyms. He was a former professional MMA fighter, so we have an MMA gym that we both still actively teach at. We we have a lot of different businesses. So um, when you have that entrepreneur spirit, it's all the way. It's the sky's the limit. You don't stop just with one or two businesses because you have so much energy and creativity that you just want to share it with the world. So we have uh, a real estate team. We have a real estate brokerage in two different states. We also have a property management company. We have, um, I still have a hair salon. We actually, as we speak, I am forming a new corporation. It's going to be a contracting company. So I'm in the process of working toward getting my general contractor's license for Georgia, which I hope to have that wrapped up by summer. So I'm really excited about this new journey into 
entrepreneurship because it's going to go hand in hand with all the real estate stuff that we already do. So it just seems like the next obvious path for me to take. And you were telling me some interesting statistics about how many female contractors there are in Georgia. It's surprising. It was very shocking when I started looking into it. So um, the process to get licensed in Georgia as a general contractor is very tough. This is not something that's taken lightly. There's multiple tests, background checks. There is lots of stuff you have to do as far as credentials and experience. So there's only 341 licensed contractors in the entire state. And of that 341, 18 of them are female. That isn't, I mean, I, I know you're going to be such a successful contractor because you're relational, you're organized, you're a go-getter and Christy and I were talking, I was like, man, you just have to do what you say you're going to do and you're going to be super successful as a contractor. It really is. We have worked with a lot of contractors in our real estate business. And every time we would, I would tell Tim, I would be like, they don't show up on time. They don't communicate with me. And I I finally told him a couple of years ago, I was like, I could do this so much better. I already have all the management skills that they're lacking. It's true. And especially with all the different uh, businesses that you and Tim have had together and you on your own and Tim on your own. I, I just, it's as another entrepreneur, it's always so inspiring when I get together with Christy or Christy and Tim to just talk about business because they are obviously super inspiring and very entrepreneurial driven. And so I love it because when we talk, it's, it's, you get it and you see opportunity in everything where sometimes my husband, he's so grounding and it's amazing. He's my string, but he sees risk in more things. So it's fun to have that other fellow entrepreneurial to be like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. And Christy's like, absolutely go for it. You can do it. So it's, it's a very exciting, um, dynamic relationship. So I got to know Christy back almost seven, eight years ago. And she actually was a patient of mine and she didn't mind me sharing. And that's why she's on this podcast today. She's our first patient that's hopping on here. And I really wanted to have Christy on here because she understands that health and wellness is not achieved overnight. And this whole podcast is about little by little, a little becomes a lot. And she really lives that out. She is one of the most consistent uh, patients as well. She does exactly what she's supposed to do, and she stays motivated on her health journey. So I wanted to get some tips and tricks from a patient perspective. Uh, But I also kind of just wanted to hear, to start off, like what got you interested in functional medicine in the first place? Like what had you pull the trigger to book that first new patient visit? I was having lots of digestive issues. So... um, It was like every time I would eat, my stomach would hurt. I would have this horrible indigestion and heartburn, and I was going the conventional medicine way. And I would make these doctor's appointments, and I would go in, and they wouldn't even really listen to what I was saying. I was telling them that, you know, I don't feel good after I eat. And so they they tell me the same thing. They said, you have acid reflux disease. And I was thinking, that's it. You're just going to listen to me tell you that my stomach hurts after I eat, and then you're going to diagnose me with this lifelong disease. And, but that's exactly what they did. And they wanted me to take prescription medication at Nexium, which I did. I took that for like two years. And of course, while you're taking that, it helps something, but then it takes away 10 other things. So it's a give and take. And I remember one day I was standing in my kitchen and I was just so frustrated because I'd come off the medication and I was having all this pain and all this discomfort when I ate. And I told my husband, I said, there's something else going on. This is absolutely not acid reflux disease. And I literally picked up my phone and I Googled a holistic approach to acid reflux disease. 
And, and that's how, that's how it started. And I remember when I called to make the appointment and I was told that you had an appointment in two days and I thought, well, this is just meant to be. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So happy that you made that appointment. And I think one of the big things when you go the conventional medicine route is people like us always, we're just intuitive. We, we kind of can sense what's going on in our body and we also ask a lot of questions. I know we're very curious people. And I think part of that is also being an entrepreneur. And then part of it is just um, mindset. And I would say that Christy is a very curious person. And so she is asking, well, why? Like, why do I have this symptom? I don't want to just cover it up with this Nexium for the rest of my life. And one of the things that I find so often when I meet with patients, and I don't know if your experience is similar, but they start you on this medicine, but they don't tell you that it's really meant to be used short term. And I'll meet with patients that have been on these uh, proton pump inhibitors for 20, 25 years, and nobody told them that it's not a long-term medication. It was really designed when people had stomach ulcers to help take away the stomach acid to allow that ulcer to heal. And so there really is a time and a place for these proton pump inhibitors. But just as you said, the give and take relationship, if you stay on these PPIs for the rest of your life, you're going to decrease your absorption of really key nutrients, which can lead to things like osteoporosis or decreased bone density in women. So all that to be said, I'm really glad that you were curious. I'm really glad that you kind of listened to your intuition and knew there was something else going on. So you booked that first kind of new patient visit And we really went through functional medicine, kind of looking for the root cause. What are some things that you learned kind of through your health and wellness journey over the years? So when we went in for that, when I came to you for the first visit, obviously my biggest complaint was I feel sick when I eat. So that was exactly what you tackled first. Um, You know, you, you, and you listened to me that first time we met, we, we talked for 45 minutes. So it was amazing. You really ask questions, and you listen to what I said. So you did some blood work, and we determined, obviously, that I already knew this. I did not have acid reflux disease. What was happening was I was eating all these foods that I was allergic to. I mean, that is that not mind-blowing? So there's yes. a, 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 a doctor and who's putting on medication for the rest of my life because I'm eating things I'm allergic to but didn't even want to test that. Um So when you started my regimen on that, so we're going to stop eating these things and we're going to, we treated it a little bit with digestive enzymes in the beginning. I think I checked those for like six months. And once my gut got in a really healthy, happy, healthy place, then we started looking at some other things. So that's when I discovered hormones. Yes. And when you took out the foods, how long did it take before you felt better? Do you remember? I know that was a while back. It was pretty instant. Yeah. You know, within a couple of weeks, I felt better. Yes, I know. It was pretty quick. And the thing I always tell people is what is the side effect of removing some of these foods from your diet? So you look at, okay, what is the side effect profile of Nexium versus what is the side effect profile of cutting out some foods and seeing how you feel? And for some people, you know, I, I understand cost is a barrier. You know, some people are able to do cash pay tests. Some people financially aren't. But just being aware of the impact that food makes and maybe even just trying some basic elimination diets if you're really struggling with digestive issues and seeing if you feel better is a great place to start. Um, But I do, I think that you have to look at risk benefit. And then you also have to look at long term, because yes, you maybe spend money on this cash pay test, but you may be buying Nexium for the rest of your life and causing 
worse issues. Now you're on medication for osteoporosis, you know, and so you have to look at risk benefit. And I think there is no better investment than on your health. So your gut started to get better and then hormones. Tell me kind of like what, what did you learn about hormones? And of course we can kind of get into that a little bit deeper, but that has obviously been a key component of your story. So share a little bit about your hormone journey over the years. So when I was in my early thirties, I was taking birth control pills, which is, you know, as we know, synthetic estrogen, progesterone, the mix of however, which one you're taking. I had no idea how detrimental that was to my actual body producing its own hormones until I stopped taking them. And when I stopped taking them within six months, my, my whole being had changed. I was, I had gained like 10 pounds of fluid. I looked puffy and swollen. I wasn't eating. I was having night sweats. Um, I was irritable all the time. And we discovered that I, w- I had a hormonal imbalance between my estrogen and progesterone. We also discovered there were some issues with my DHEA and pregnenolone and testosterone. And it was mind-blowing to me to think that that, again, is something that is prescribed to women every day without the knowledge and that conversation of what this may be able to do to you long-term when you stop taking them. Mm -hmm. And I think people don't realize, you know, there is a time and a place for birth control. If you're, you know, trying to prevent pregnancy and maybe natural planning or IUDs or some of those other things don't work. So like some people really do need birth control, but people don't understand when you take it, that it does shut down your body's own production of hormones. So you have no idea what, like how balanced your body really is. And we like to call the female menstrual cycle, the fifth vital sign. And so you just have no idea about this key component of your overall health and wellness. So you mentioned that it was like six months before you really felt the negative impacts of your hormonal imbalance, which I think is also important because people sometimes think, okay, well, if I come off it, I'm going to notice the impact right away. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it takes a while for your body to start producing those hormones and presenting some of those imbalances. It was pretty much six months to the date. I stopped taking them in October and by April, I didn't know who I was. So crazy. And so we did some hormone testing and we started balancing out your estrogen and your progesterone. And I don't know. I mean, one of the things we talked about is some of the potential roots. Do you remember what we were talking about a long time ago? This is like a test for Christy. (laughs) Do you remember? Okay, let's hear it. (laughs) So Uh, as far as go ahead. (laughs) uh, So one of the big things that we were talking about because she's such an entrepreneur is the cortisol connection. And Mm -hmm. the way that um, if you have higher cortisol, it can deplete your progesterone and low DHEA. And the thing that we always talk about is that stress is really a positive thing when it's in balance. And so the chicken and the egg, it goes both ways. So if cortisol is high, progesterone is low. But if progesterone is low, cortisol is high. And so the one thing that I always encourage people to understand when it comes to hormones is they're so complex, they're so intricate. When one is in balance, it affects them all. And so you have to look at the whole picture and not just the estrogen and the progesterone and not just Christie's adrenal function and not just the testosterone. You have to look at how they're all influencing each other. And I know for you, one of the hormones really made you feel the best. I don't know if you want to share a little bit about um, that or if you think it really was a kind of a complex approach of addressing all of it. Like what, if you had to go back and think of like what made the biggest difference, is there one or two things you can think of? I, I will tell you, it was the concert of everything as the big picture. But if I had to pinpoint one thing that really makes me, made me feel different was the progesterone. 
when we started, when you prescribed me bioidentical progesterone, I was really nervous about taking this because I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. But at the same time, I trust you 100% completely. So I, I can remember I started taking that and within two weeks, I felt like I was 25 years old. <laughs> yes. It was pretty instant too. <laughs> And I think that's one of the big things with progesterone is a lot of high performing, and this can happen for a variety of reasons, but I work with a lot of like high performing women uh, that are kind of just like doing it all. And I put myself in the same category and we just like naturally have lower progesterone because of the adrenal connection. And so you add that relaxing and calming and anti-inflammatory and has a little bit of a diuretic effect too. And you can just feel like such a different person. Um, So yeah, I, I think that it was such a youthful hormone. And if you guys follow Christy on social media, and I'll have you share your your um, handle, but she is looking younger and younger and younger throughout the years. It's like you're a, a billboard for functional medicine. Um, it's, it's amazing. Thank you very much. I hear that all the time. Every birthday that comes, I hear that. I just look younger and younger and younger and younger. And I, and I feel it. My skin has changed. My hair has changed. My body composition has changed. I'm asking it too. Yes. So we got your gut healthy. We started balancing your hormones. From a lifestyle standpoint, are there some um, kind of changes you made within your lifestyle that made a big difference on your health journey? I started really prioritizing sleep. I did not realize how important that was. Not that I ever didn't sleep or did sleep or whatever. I never really gave it the thought that it needed, that it's very important to have that nightly routine to where you are getting for me. Eight hours is like ideal for me, uh, but trying to go to bed around the same time and getting up the same time, which I do and do now, but sleep is such an overlooked thing. It's, it's, um, it's so important to our hormones and our feelings and our emotions and our appetite. And it's to me, sleep was the thing that I started prioritizing over everything else. Did you ever have trouble falling or staying asleep or you just needed to prioritize it? I had trouble staying asleep when my hormones were imbalanced. And a lot of that, again, is that adrenal connection. So a lot of women come in and they tell me, well, I fall asleep fine, but I always wake up at three o'clock. Or, you know, maybe you're on the flip side and you're like, I feel tired and wired before I go to bed. That's a very common thing I hear. Like my body is so tired, but inside I still feel wired. Um, So if you guys are listening and you feel tired or wired or you wake up at three o'clock every day, those can be big signs of adrenal issues, low progesterone. So make sure you see somebody um, because sleep quality is important. And I will tell you how many times I've met with patients that really do prioritize their sleep. They're like, I go to bed at 10, I wake up at six, but they're not actually sleeping well. So even though they are in bed, their quality of sleep is so poor. Uh, This is something that I don't think you and I have actually ever talked about, but are you, do you wear any wearables? Do you track your quality of sleep or like heart rate variability or anything like that? I do. So I do wear an eye watch, but uh, we also have a sleep number bed and it has this whole thing attached to it. So every morning we get a report on how our sleep was. Okay. I didn't even know that. That's super cool. What is it? Yeah, is it's it really cool. The mattress actually, does it measure both sides of the bed? So you and Tim get yes. a different report? Yes. That is so cool. Does it change temperature, yeah. like the chill pad to like help you get into deeper sleep or it's just giving you a report? It does, well, we have a, t- a temperature we manually will adjust. So I always set it before I go to bed. I always like it warm when I first get in bed, but then I cool it down right before I fall asleep. What is the company? Sleep Number. 
Sleep number. Okay. I didn't even know that exists. Does it break it down by deep sleep, active sleep? It does. It breaks it even. It'll show how long I was in bed and I wasn't asleep. So like if I go to lay down and watch TV, which never happens, but once in a year it might, it'll actually record that time as I was in bed, but awake. Wow. That's awesome. It does breath rate. It does um, how, how restful it was if you moved a lot. Yeah, it's pretty in depth. Have you found that any changes that you made within your lifestyle changed your sleep quality when you started to measure it or it was really for you just mainly prioritizing it and balancing your hormones? It was mainly more the balance of the hormones. I like to see it too. Like if I was restless the night before and I see it on there and I was restless and then I may just realize, oh, well, you have caffeine later in the day. Yep. So I, I, I know what will affect my sleep or if I didn't hydrate enough. Mm-hmm. When it, in the wintertime, it's hard for me to drink a lot of water. I typically like to get a gallon a day when it's really cold. It's hard. But when I'm dehydrated, I don't sleep as well. Yeah, that is really an interesting connection, but it makes sense. I mean, just from even like a circulatory body being under more stress if it's dehydrated. So Christy is really also great at identifying small things that make a difference in how she feels, which is I love that as a provider because it's like, okay, let's make these two changes. And I know Christy will really pay attention and identify how she feels. And that is like such a key thing with functional medicine is awareness and like actually taking the time to how you feel. But I do completely agree. Sleep, I think, is so underrated in the wellness space. We A lot of us think, okay, well, I've got to get up early, get an intense workout in. I've got to stay up late to reach these deadlines. And if we're not doing more and more and more, we think think we're not doing enough. And it's really the opposite. Sleep will throw off progesterone levels, cortisol levels, ghrelin and leptin, which are your appetite hormones. So I completely agree with you that sleep is so foundational. One of the other things, um, Chrissy, is I know from working with you that kind of your workout style has changed over the years. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you've changed and kind of adapted your workouts depending on the season of your life? Absolutely. So I love high intensity exercise. Um, it just kind of goes with my personality. I'm super hyper. I have lots of energy. I'm real outgoing. So I love high intensity exercise. And I've, and I did that for many, many years. And we worked through that too, about the cortisol issue that that has on my adrenal glands and some things that we did supplementation to help support me in those type of exercise workouts. But I'm not, you know, in my 20s or early 30s anymore. I'm almost 45. So my journey for fitness and wellness is not about competing on an athletic basis anymore. I did do um, local CrossFit competitions, and I, and I loved that. But that was a very, it was very abusing to my body, and I realize that now. Um, super heavy weights under that type of stress is it can be fun and it's great and it has its place. But for me and where I was and where I was heading and where I am in my age, I still lift weights. I do, but I don't lift weights in the, in a way I was doing it before. I also, uh, when I scaled back on the super heavy weightlifting, I started adding in yoga. So I do do yoga four to five days a week and I never thought I would like yoga because it is, you know, more relaxing and it doesn't have that, you know, high intensity feel, but it's helped me to balance out and I can truly see the benefits to it in where I am in my life now. And it's something that I do for my body that's more nourishing and it's more gentle for my body. Not to say that it's not hard because yoga is very hard. It takes a lot of discipline. It's just different. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I still strength train though. I've been strength, believe it or not, I've been lifting weights since I was 12 years old. So that is my, that's my love. But I had to come to the terms that putting, uh, abusing my body and putting my body under this enormous amount of stress was actually harming me. Mm-hmm. Did you see changes with your body composition when you changed the way you were working out? You know, I did. Kristen, it's so funny because I was really concerned that I was going to see negative body composition changes. I actually had a pretty severe back injury doing CrossFit. And it was actually one year ago yesterday that I got the news from an orthopedic surgeon in um, Birmingham who he was brutally honest with me about what was going to happen if I continued with that type of um weightlifting. And I thought I would have these very negative effects. I thought my body fat would go up and I would lose muscle mass, but that has been the complete opposite. So in the years since I've changed and I've stopped the super high intensity workouts and focused more on strength training, training and yoga, actually my muscle mass has increased and my body fat has went down. Isn't that so crazy? And that's why you have to look at the hormone component. And when you think about some of these super, super intense workouts you're having, it activates the inflammatory cascade. And that's, you know, part of it. And so I really think when women listen to their body and kind of tweak their workouts for them, inflammation can go down, hormones can become more balanced, which is actually very important for body composition. Um, and again, we, we really focus more on having enough good lean muscle mass to keep your metabolism going and all of that rather than the number on the scale. And that's why we love the in body. And I know Christy does the in body as well. And it's just, it's so nice to be able to track, not the number on the scale, but what's happening with your muscle mass, the symmetry, your basal metabolic rate or your metabolism. So I find it so fascinating. So I know obviously for you, you had a back injury and uh, orthopedic that kind of gave you some uh, really honest feedback, but do you feel like you also kind of intuitively listen to how your body feels with workouts? Like, has that been something that you've had to learn over the years or is it just your mindset shifted that you don't always need to have such an intense workout? Like how... How did you get to the place you are now? Was it really just the back injury or was there some other players? Were you really paying attention to how you felt and being aware of the way your workouts impacted you? It was really both. It was both. So I I started seeing the signs a few years ago. I'm a smaller framed person. Um, I'm five foot three. I weigh about 120 to 125 pounds and I was back squatting 255 pounds. Now that's fantastic, isn't it? It's great. But in the back of my mind, I knew, I knew I shouldn't have been doing that. I knew that just because I had the strength to do that, that my body still should not be put under that type of stress. So it, it was the intuitiveness of it and the fact that I was having injuries all the time and I hurt all the time. So that the voice was there telling me to change my mindset. And then when the mindset finally started listening to the voice, I made the changes. Mm-hmm. So you kind of went from no pain, no gain, like really pushing your body to what fuels my body, what makes me feel stronger, leaner, more energized, um, which I think is awesome. So how do you, as I said earlier, you're a very consistent person, which is fantastic. Is there any tips that you have for our listeners on how you really stay motivated on your health journey? So Yes. And I talk about this all the time. So I I still actively work behind my 
behind the chair in my hair salon. And, and as you know, you, you have probably 50 of my hair clients as your clients because they can, as your patients, because they come in and we talk about this all the time. And for me, I love feeling good. I love feeling energetic and I know what gives me that exercise and movement. Give me that feeling. Uh, and especially when I was able to realize what exercises make me happy and not injure me. So I feel like it's a privilege for me to be able to wake up every morning and move, whether my movement that day is yoga or weightlifting or I do kickboxing or whether I might do a little bit of all three that day. I look forward to waking up. It is never a question in my mind when I wake up that morning of, oh, am I working out today? It's not a question. I always decide the day before, this is what my workout is tomorrow. So it's something that I plan out. It makes me feel good. It makes me happy. And it's almost just like my dose of happiness every morning, first thing. What I would tell everybody that if you're, if you're struggling with being motivated and sticking to it and being consistent, find something that makes you happy and associate that with that good feeling. So it's going to make you want to do it. It may not be weightlifting, kickboxing, yoga. For some, it may be walking. It may be biking. It may be going to a spin class or something like that. But if you can find something that you associate with happiness and good feelings, and then you're going to look forward to doing it when you every day. It will never be a question. It's For me, exercise and movement, Kristen, is exactly like brushing my teeth. And I would never skip a day brushing my teeth. I love that. That is, I feel like that's another one of those drop the mic moments, um, finding what you love and doing it and what makes you happy because it doesn't need to look like what your neighbor is doing or your best friend is doing. And that was like a big thing for me. And I've talked about this before on here is I, I really struggled to like sit down and meditate. And I felt like I had to do this 30 minute meditation for that mind body connection. And it just, I kept trying to make something work that wasn't what worked for me, but now you give me some headphones, some music, and I go for a walk. That is so restorative and meditative to me. And so I think that's such a key thing is finding something that works for you and not figuring out what works for your neighbor, I think is so key. So I do have a question for you just because you have, you are an entrepreneur, you have your hands in all these different businesses, you are super, super busy. And that's one of the big things I hear from my patients and my clients is, well, I just don't have the time. How do you have any tips? I know you, you said that you kind of do it every morning. It's just what you do. Do you have any time management tips throughout the day that have allowed you to be as successful as an entrepreneur and also prioritize your health at the same time? Planning, 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 planning. Those who fail to plan will, will fail. You have to have a plan. If you know your Monday, you've got three meetings and you're going to be traveling from this point A to point B, and then you have to go to the grocery store and then you've got to pick your child up, then Sunday you need to make a plan of where you're going to fit in your movement, your exercise, your self-care for that day. Because if you just wait till Monday and then you get up and start and you're like, oh, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Well, then there's a traffic jam on the way home. You got home an hour later. Now you got to cook dinner. There was no time for your self-care or your movement. So you've got to plan for it. You can make time for anything you want to do. That is so true. So do you put it on your calendar or now you may not need to because it's very, it's a routine, but do you ever put it on your calendar like you would any other meeting? No, I already know I'm going to do it. Oh, here, here, here's how my mind works. So Tim and I travel a lot too, um, mainly for business. We're traveling a lot for his real estate and, but sometimes we get to travel for pleasure, but we always add some pleasure in there. So like we, I know that we were a few weeks ago, we were in St. Augustine, he had a real estate 
conference and I knew a couple weeks before we were going. So I got on the, my phone and I found yoga studios down there and I went ahead and pre-booked my classes. So I would already have my exercise planned while I'm there. I love that. I don't ever wait until the day of to figure it out. I always know what I'm going to do. I know a week in advance on Sunday. I've already planned out the entire week when I'm doing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every day, what time I'm doing it. It's already planned for me. So that's the biggest thing I can tell everybody is planning and not even, and, and you want to plan everything. Same thing with meal, you know, their, your nutrition. If you're just waiting and you're at work, then you're going to go to fast food because it's easy. But if you planned, you know, this is how I'm, this is what I'm going to eat tomorrow and you go ahead and prepare that, then you're going to be ready for it. Have you always been this organized or is it something that has developed over the years? I've always been this way, but it definitely is more now. So I have been very organized and always been a planner and always been super energetic and hyper as long as I can remember. It's funny because the words that I remember hearing as the child was, Christy, sit down, be quiet, stop, <laughs> be still, don't do that. <laughs> so yes. I've always been like this, but I've, I've learned how, especially over the past five to 10 years, I've learned how to channel it into very healthy avenues. And do you feel like you have to say no to some things now in order to prioritize your self-care? Um, yeah, sometimes I do. I mean, you know, I make my own schedule. So, you know, whether or not I've got a renovation on a house going or I'm going to see hair clients at the, the salon or whatever it is I have going on, you know, that's planned in advance too. So everything I do is planned in advance. So I plan those things around so that I make sure I get my exercise and my wellness, my self-care in first. That's the first thing I do. So do you have a certain time that you start your like work day? Like I start working at nine so that you have the time in the morning to always make sure you have time for you. Yes. Sometimes it starts earlier than that. It always, but I always plan it to where I have time. I will never take an early meeting or an early client that's going to knock out of my time because if I don't get that in, then I don't feel like my day is complete. Imagine going through your day and you didn't brush your teeth. How would that feel? You would think about that all day. Oh my gosh, I didn't brush my teeth today. Right, right. Yes, I think that's great. And how do you kind of put in, Is does your yoga vary and you do some restorative yoga or do you take a rest day or do you do a day of just stretching? Like what does your recovery look like? So I want, I want to do something every day. So I will take one day a week where I only do yoga and it's typically more of a restorative type of yoga. Um, maybe more of like a Zen, but I, I always do something every day, but I do have that one day where I do less. Yes. I think that, I think that's so key and really seeing how your body feels. Cause I, I work with a lot of people who they'll be so sore for 72 hours after a workout and they can't do anything else. And it's just, you know, little by little, a little becomes a lot. You've got to do things that you can do consistently on a regular basis to prevent injury and to really enjoy what you're doing. And so um, I'm glad you incorporate some of that Zen into your weekly routine. So what does, and I know we've kind of talked a little bit about this, but what does a typical day in the life of Christy look like? Tell us a little bit if you do have morning or night routines, if you have some of your favorite type meals, um, tell us a little bit about what that looks like. So typically every morning, um, Monday through Friday, and even on the weekends, I'm up very early, somewhere between 4.30 and 5.45. I'm up. It just depends on if I'm seeing my first client at 9 or 9.30, what time I get up. So I always get up and always work out first. 
That's my thing. I have a, um, I'm very fortunate enough to have a full gym that I have built at my house because I, I like to have it convenient to me. So I get up, I usually have some water with lemon because that is something that you had me start doing many, many years ago. So I'll have some room temperature water with lemon. I drink that first. I make some coffee. Um, I started journaling a couple years ago, ago and I, I'll use a, do a little bit of journaling or some meditation for five or 10 minutes. And then I'll start my day, start working out. Finish that, I'll get showered and dressed, whether I'm seeing real estate clients that day, whether I'm meeting with subcontractors or going to the hair salon, and then I begin my work day. Um, I always have my food already already prepared for me. I know what I'm going to eat. I, I went primarily whole food plant-based a couple of years ago, so I eat lots of whole foods. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't ever eat animal products. I do. I have fish and uh, grass-fed beef at times. But I always make sure that my food is prepared. Like I'll make some lentils and then I add some kale to it and some Brussels sprouts. And then I'll put some salsa and avocado on there. So I just make, you know, make my stuff up because I like to eat that. So I always have my food with me. I'm out doing my day. Tim and it's always really busy too. We'll have a couple conversations. Sometimes I get home between 4.30 and 5. Sometimes it's not till 7.30 or 8. But I know that going into my day. So I've planned for that. I've planned either extra food or extra hydration with me. I've already planned for that. And then when I get home, we just kind of wind down. Uh, we don't watch TV at all. Uh, we have a sunroom. We usually go in. It's a very peaceful room. We'll go hang out in there for sometimes we have an hour to talk. Sometimes it's 20 minutes. And we are usually always in bed um, between 830 and 9. So it's kind of a funny thing. So with as busy as we are, we're in bed pretty early. And I would say I'm asleep by 930. And then the day starts again the next day. I think that is such – I'm so with you, though, because I feel like there's people that's mind works really well at night. But I just feel like – going to bed earlier with the sun, waking up with the sun, it just is a more normal circadian rhythm. And the rest of the world doesn't wake up when you wake up. And so you have so much time to focus on you to get organized to write in your journal, but you're still prioritizing your sleep by going to bed early. And I think that's one of the tough things is if you you can't get up at 4.30, 4.45 and go to bed at 11 o'clock and you know do it all, right? You can't be up late and up early. You've got to kind of pick your pick which which one works for you. But I think that's awesome that you guys don't watch TV and you wind down together. What does winding down look like? Is it just kind of turning off technology? Are you guys I'm sure with both of you being entrepreneurs, you're still talking about work stuff? Or maybe you're not? No, we do. We talk about work stuff. Um, We do kind of put we put our technology away for a little bit. And I usually put on some comfy clothes and I have this big, huge kind of love sack chair and I sit in my chair and he sits in his and we kind of just talk about what's going on with the day and what happened and what our plans are and what kind of new projects we have starting. And we'll just kind of recap some things like that. I think that's so you're also being really intentional in your relationship, which I think is great. Do you guys eat dinner together or does it depend? I know you said sometimes you're gone till 7.30 or 8. Is it just that you wind down together and dinner is kind of wherever you are? Or how does that look? We don't get to eat dinner together very often. We, we get to do it mainly on the weekend. Um, through the week, we just kind of do. I don't like to eat very late. I, I, I'm always completely done eating by 6 o'clock, somewhere between 5 and 6 o'clock. I just don't like that feeling of going to bed uh, it will disturb my sleep yes. if I've had food too late. So 
we don't have dinners together through the week, but we do on the weekends. If we get lucky and we can one night a week, we do. But And that's okay because that's the way it works. I mean, we both have this driven spirit about us and we understand that about each other. So we're very supportive of each other. Um, I don't get angry at him because he's worked all day and hasn't been able to return my calls. And he doesn't get angry at me if I'm finishing up a a construction or contracting project on the weekends just to meet a deadline. We are extremely understanding of each other and, and what our responsibilities are. I think that's so great. Do you guys do intentional date nights or anything like that? We do. We'll always try, usually on Thursday nights or Friday nights, we can go to dinner. And we do travel together a lot. I mean, there's a lot of travel that happens. It is always kind of wrapped around business. But when we do it, we we always have a day or two before or after. That's just time for us. I love that. I love that. And I always like to kind of wrap up with two questions. The first one, is there a health myth that you want to bust? Something that you keep hearing and you're like, just doesn't feel right. Biggest health mess I could say I want to bust is health is not temporary. So this is a lifelong commitment. My decision to start my journey with you is something I will do till the day I die. This is not something that I did, you know, that you do just for a couple weeks or a couple years. And you're like, okay, I don't have to do that anymore. It's every day. Every day you've got to give a little bit of water and a little bit of sun. Yes. I love that. It's, I don't know the exact quote, but it's basically like your health is a journey and not a destination. And that's exactly what you're saying. That it's, it's not just that you checked this off, you accomplished, you lost the 10 goals, the 10 pounds you wanted to, which again, we try not to focus on weight, but I know that's how a lot of my patients are like, well, if I'm this size, I'll be better. Everything's going to be better. And it's just not that destination. I, I hear that from a lot of my people around me that they're doing this bad diet and that bad diet. And And I tell them, I said, but it's not about a diet. I said, find something that works for you, that you like to do, that you do forever. Yes. Yes. And that's when you see the best results. It's consistency. So what is one small change that our listeners can do to become a better version of themselves? This is all about little by. Is there one small change that you think will make the biggest impact? Planning. I think it all comes back to being prepared. I think some people may not want to do it a week in advance like I do, uh, but how about the night before? The night before as you're winding down and the day and you think about the next morning, okay, Tuesday morning, let me plan out so I've got 10 minutes for myself, or let me plan to prepare my lunch so I'm not stuck eating at McDonald's. Yes. I think that's the biggest thing is you can't just expect for these things to happen. You have to be so intentional in the decisions that you make. So this was great, Christy. I really, really, really appreciate you taking time out of your day to be on the Little Buy podcast. Where I know that you're on Instagram. Is there anywhere that our followers can or listeners can find you if they want to ask you some questions or just kind of get to know you a little bit more? Yes, you can definitely find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is, I have to look it up, isn't that crazy? Um, At Christy M underscore Stout. Um, So if you want to just follow me on Instagram, you can always ask me any kind of questions at all. Here's the one thing I will say to everybody that's listening. If you're even considering functional medicine, do it. (laughs) Don't think about it it for six months and then be like, okay, I'm not sure. Just, Just do it. It will change your life. Kristen, I tell people this all the time. 
Well, Meeting thank you, you has so much. my life. Oh, I really appreciate that. And that is unnecessary. I wanted you to be on here sharing your journey, but I appreciate the shout out. And I don't know, is your company, the contracting company, is that live yet? Or do you have a website or landing page or is that still hush hush? Not yet. It's still in process. So we will, we will make this official in the summer. So, uh, so will I, you I'm announce it my- on Instagram? When you do? I will. Okay. I will. I'm, I'm going to make a big announcement about it. Announcement about females being in this line of work too. So there's a whole lot that that's going with this. I'm really excited about this. I'm so excited for you. And thank you so much again. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, remember little by little, a little becomes a lot. Even the smallest changes over time can lead to total mind and body transformation. I'd love for you to stay connected with at Dr. Kristen Oja and at Stout Wellness on Instagram. And if you have any questions, be sure to reach out. I'd love to hear from you.